0: If you can pick some of those bigger items and find a way to make them happen, then that'll help you grow the equity to do the smaller items throughout the whole house.
1: Going one, going twice, sold. You're listening to
0: The Property Pod. All right,
2: guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement here into real estate in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host, Aaron Horn, and I'm joined, as always, by our two real estate agents. John McGregor. That is me. And Patrick (laughs) Berry. (laughs) (laughs) How do I top that intro? (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Good
0: Good morning. Bit excited this morning, John. (laughs) No, it's just the way you paused. As it was like, (laughs) present. Aaron's getting his old school teacher back out.
2: (laughs) Yes, we are all here in the room and we're all very excited to be back with the Property Pod. Uh, Whether you're listening on a super yacht in the French Riviera or you're a Nan Listening in your chair, knitting beanies for your grandson. We are here for you.
1: <laughs> wow, that works perfectly. I, <laughs> yeah, I
0: like the reach that you've got these
2: days. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was absolutely. pretty happy with that. I was lying in bed last night thinking about that one, just kind of being like, how can I reach out to our two biggest fans? We've got Megan in... in um, France and then yep. Nan's sitting well, around.
0: I apologise Simon, I know you love to walk the dogs on a Sunday morning and listen to the pod so my shout out is to you. Oh nice, yeah. actually you uh, got a really good feedback for last week's episode from Simon
2: saying yeah, that he was he was tracking along. Walking
0: um, the dogs to the cafe and wanted to reach out and say
1: congratulations to your dad Chris, he really enjoyed listening to the show. Uh, that was actually really nice to hear. Hey, um, we had a few few comments like that too. I think people are actually surprised by the depth of dad's experience. Um ...because he's always fun to joke around, he's been good at his job... ...but, you know, it does stretch back a lot further than probably people appreciate, but it's really nice for Simon to say that actually. Yeah, even yeah, even
2: cool. as you went into like all the stuff in the uh, very long-winded intro that you read out, which I, I did like Pat's joke at the end, he's like, all right, that's the end of <laughs> the episode, <laughs> <laughs> we're all done. But um, as you are going through that, I was just kind of like, oh man, he's like had his finger in so many pies yeah. across so long and is really, really engaged in the real estate industry. So yeah, yeah it was very, absolutely. very interesting listen uh, having your dad on. And I did wonder, you went to Adelaide for the weekend with the whole family. Mm, were mm. you overshadowed by his celebrity? now that he... uh like there was Luke that there. that he's been on the pod. Yeah, now that he's been on the pod, did you just feel like...
1: <sighs> Let's just say he's brought back a fur coat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right, boys, uh, that's enough chit-chat for this morning. Let's jump into a very well-researched show. Oh, yes. Oh, so yeah. just a shout-out to our... Uh, we actually have a, a new staff member on board who's helping out with the pod and helping out with all things content across the 414 Property Co. We've kind of been promising for ages on the pod that we wanted to kind of be an um, information hub a place where people can come and find all the stuff they need to know and we want to really help um, grow everyone's kind of knowledge base on mm. all things real estate. We're not here to be gatekeepers of uh, information. We're here to kind of share it. Mm. So Nino has come on board and is absolutely killing it in um, the research department and kind of helping us with blog posts, helping us with our social media and, yeah, absolute yeah. oh, star. Yeah. Yeah, We've yeah. got
0: big plans for Nino. He's going to help us with, like Aaron said, blog posts, um, researching our podcast each week. But he's also going to help us put some buyer guide books together and some educational suburb books based around you know what it's like to live in a suburb, what demographic it is and mm. just a wealth of info. So we really want to build a catalogue of just information to really help people better understand the property market.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think another – reason why I'm excited about it is that that's his job at the moment like just create content research you know provide and then <clears throat> reach out and obviously in the meantime he's reaching out to us as well to um, add get contrib- you know ideas from our agents and everyone in our office as well which is cool
2: yeah it's one of those things where it's something we've always wanted to be doing but we've just kind of had time constraints and found it too difficult but yeah we found a way to make this work and so it's yeah it's very exciting
1: so welcome Nino as our official copywriter Yeah, yeah, buddy. yeah, yeah absolutely and the most comprehensive, useful notes we've every, uh, ever had on the pod. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not actually guessing this week. We've got <laughs> notes. <laughs> so look out. <laughs> it's
0: going to go anywhere. All right. So
1: let's jump into this
2: first article here that um, he's put it together. Basically what we wanted to focus on today was um, was kind of renovating and 1st home buyers. So jumping into the marketplace and kind of knowing not to stretch beyond your means I guess yeah. would be a really good way of summing it up straight look, away.
0: I think um, Aaron, you're a prime example of this before it actually became a trend. Yeah, look, I was I was trendy before, <laughs> way before
2: my time. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> I've been cool since way back when. <laughs> yeah, I remember in high school, very cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Well,
1: it's 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 funny because it's true. But tell us about your story. Like, what was the the Genesis to start thinking about that to begin with,
2: yeah. Well, it's actually kind of ties in really well with um one of the articles that um Jared Bevan had written for the uh renovation the key to success for first time home buyers. So mm. the story goes that Robert Juruzovic, I hope I said that wrong, he's right, Perfect. he's a 21 uh, year old first time home buyer who made a purchase in Blackmans Bay. Mm. Um, he looked for properties kind of all through the Kingborough area, all through Hobart. Um, but a way to find it at a lower price is he found a unit that needed a little bit of fixing up. Yeah. And he's going to go in there, fix it up a bit, kind of uh, mess with the kitchen and give it a bit more extra life, and um, and go from there. So that's basically the story of my first home. I, uh, it's funny because we looked into new builds and kind of thought, oh, "Is this something we want to do?" And for me, the the main idea just kind of was like, oh, "I don't feel like this would be mine. I don't feel like I would have that ownership on this, like kind of." kit home that's been built and it's kind of just got all the bells and whistles already there. I love to kind of tinker. I love to have the uh, freedom to to make my own thing. And within a week and a half of discussing with Sarah, my partner, um, like oh, do you think we should look into buying a home together, I walked into a house that I took the photos of and just fell in love instantly and could Mm. kind of already see the changes I wanted to make. Like it was definitely well loved. It had been lived in by a family I think for the the entirety of its life. Mm. Um, and from there we we came in and we like pulled out a wall. The first thing we did was pull out the carpet and kind of polish up the floorboards and just
0: give it a new lease on life. So well, I think I the, the biggest thing you did was really that wall. Like oh, yeah. Taking oh, – yeah. for anyone that doesn't well, – people don't know, it was sort of a kitchen dining space and then the lounge room was on the other side and both spaces were quite skinny. Um, yeah. They were long but skinny. You had to
1: walk through like a U.
0: Yeah. Mm. And um, by just removing this one wall back to the sort of the start of the hallway – And it just really opens up the space. And now you have this really modern open plan living area, which is what you would normally come to find in those newer spec homes that people build.
2: Yeah, so it was kind of one of those things where we looked at the – oh, I looked at it straight away and I was just like, oh, man, if you just pull this wall out, if you can, um, it would just open up this space. You can do anything with enough money. Well, well, funnily enough, yeah, it was one of those things where it was a load bearing. So we had to, um, you know, get someone to come in and work out how to put in the beam and do all those things. Mm. But it it was funny, the day before – we pulled out the wall. I was like, what if I'm wrong? <laughs> like, yeah. what if this just messes with everything? Like, this is yeah. my biggest investment ever. What <laughs> just if, just if I'm wrong?
1: I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can always build it back. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I didn't think of that. But, yeah, no, so I had a little panic that, like, what if I'm wrong? But it was one of those moments of this is make or break and I feel like it's really made the property what it is and you walk in, you're engaged in this big family area straight away.
0: I think um – um as well, just the whole reconfiguration. You didn't do a lot of big changes, but you did some important ones. Like the laundry at some stage had been turned into an external laundry that you couldn't access from inside the house. Adding a small cavity slider, which I think you did through the walking – not the walking, the was, linen press, was it? Wasn't used it? to be, yeah. yeah.
2: So you just that classic. you go down the hallway and there's the, the linen, two um, linen closets. Mm. It's like, oh, well, if we just move a smaller closet into the laundry space, which was really large – that'll open up a chance to... To be able to get internal access. access, Yeah, internally, which...
0: And then the other thing I really loved as well is just the addition of the French doors to the backyard just Mm. to create that inside-outside experience. So, um, you know, sliding doors become really popular but just those classic doors that you guys have installed, I think just really adds to the character of the house and just connects that backyard to the living space really well. Again, it was one of those things that I kind of saw straight away in my
2: mind's eye and just was like, oh, this is kind of what I think will go here. And, yeah, speaking to a builder, he was like, yep, sweet, we can definitely arrange that. Um, So I I guess, yeah, the, the really important thing is kind of being open to the idea of what you walk into and see you can change and you can Absolutely. adapt to um, to fit yourself.
1: And did you start the work immediately? How long did you live in there before you started the Renault's? Yes, yeah, so the day we
2: took uh, possession I pulled up the carpet. Um, oh, right. I, I knew that they had some floorboards under there but I didn't know what condition they were in and yeah. they actually were already kind of polished from the beginning but I imagine it might have been something to do with um, keeping the temperature in and stuff with the carpet but we've since um, put what's that stuff called insulation, insulation. and stuff. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've we've rectified that issue, but um, yeah, no. It was just one of those things where we started straight away with that and then just tinkered away. So it was probably
0: a two-year process. I want to say how long have I been in there? I'd be about that. And look, you still got things you're working still on. Still oh, things yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just a completely different place to what it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. well
1: that because it was that um, the facts that he mentioned in the. You know, the Finder's First Home Buyers Report 2021 just said one in five or 20, percent plan to renovate immediately after buying. Well, 30% will do something within the first 12 months. So Mm. it's right in line with that, eh? But one of the things that – sorry, mate.
0: Oh, you go. I was just going to jump in on there and just say that um, what I really like about how Aaron and a lot of people that this article sort of references is that when you try to do it over the course of a couple of years as well, it gives you opportunity, especially in the (coughs) market we're in, for the property to grow equity. Absolutely. And then with the renovations you do – that adds equity. Yeah. But so then you've got the ability to um, redraw against that to be able to do the next part of the project. So you might not be in a position to buy it on day one and just jump in and gut the entire place and rebuild it. Yeah. If you can, fantastic. That's awesome. But if you can pick some of those bigger items and find a way to make them happen, then they that will help you grow the equity to do the smaller items throughout oh. the whole house.
1: Yeah, that's so good because one of the things that that bloke said that they referenced, I really like he just said he had a very small list of must-haves. Oh
2: yeah, I loved that when I read that there bit is, of
1: it too. It, it's always the case that everyone has a complete flip when the first time is like, we must have, well, and then we get it too. It's like, well, what property are you looking for? Well, it must have this, this, and this, it and this, 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 this. Has I'll to be in this suburb. I'll never live in that suburb. suburb. I won't pay above that. It's <laughs> like, oh, it's like, mate, you you you're just setting yourself up for failure and disappointment because yeah. it's just like sometimes, oh, and even like my first little unit was a small little. Two-bedroom in an apartment building um, at Claremont, um, and then it's like, well, but it was it was a first unit. It was just like, great, I'm in. You know, it was it was pretty well as cheapest as I could buy, but I've got something then, um, and you could start to build up from there over time. And obviously, he's sort of taking the same process. Like, right, I'm just going to get in. I'm going to get started. I'll just grab something. I'll do some bits, and you know, take the long term. Um, so it was probably a much easier process, I'd assume, for him to find something after he, you know, cut down his
0: list. I think as well what um might, some people might think as well is like, oh, we'll buy this, we'll fix it up, we'll flip it and we'll go buy the other thing. Yeah. But I think what happens as well is that it becomes a home and then people start to love it for different reasons to what it actually mm. was when they first bought it.
2: So. Yeah, 100%. And that yeah. was kind of the one reason why I was really motivated to get in and make something my own was mm. as a kind of, oh, we can, like it would be so interesting to see the, ...ex-homeowners come in and just be like, oh, look what you've done to the place. Like, Because I'm sure they would have... Our
0: family memories
2: are gone. (laughs) Yeah, no, thanks. (laughs) So, yeah, so all the joy we get out of it, they're like, oh, well, such and such... ...we used to mark their height on (laughs) that wall and now it's it's gone. gone. (laughs) So it's interesting because, yeah, you can really put your own stamp on things... Mm. um, ...and it's not just about building equity or making um, kind of monetary gains. It was kind of that, oh, I'd really like this for, you know, if I'm cooking in the kitchen... and. Sarah's in the um, living room with Jack. So I want to be able to be watching that and be part of it rather than being like mm. oh I'm in the kitchen and I can hear them having a great time. So we um
0: when we moved from our first place to our second place we had Parker's height all on the inside of the architrave on the door. Yeah. I pulled that bit arc and took it with me and put a new bit on. But I don't know whatever happened to it and then I always think <laughs> what a waste of time that was pulling that off, painting that up, fixing it all back up so I could take some <laughs> little pencil marks with me and then I don't even know what as part of the move it just well, the, the, the intention was good, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know that sort of sense of home and making it your, your own piece. Yeah, no, it's it's and really cool. My last
1: thoughts with that one too is we had often I'll just say to clients, hey, don't if if you if, if you've never done it before, don't rush in and do a Reno before you you know before you've even lived in the home because that you know you're coming in with a whole waft of expectations of what you think you want, um, but you haven't actually what you think and you know how you experience it when you're living there are two very very different things and. How that played out was was a house that had sold to a young couple at uh, Montague Bay, and I think that's right. No one's fact checking. Yeah, yeah, your yeah, story. You exactly. can make you know it up. That one near Bella Reef and stuff. <laughs> um, and that uh, they had. Um, it was a sort of a nineteen thirties, nineteen forties brick uh, home. It had a lot of like retro features as well. Um, you know, really high ceilings. You know, beautiful boards underneath. But there is obviously the, the kitchen was really pokey, The bathroom was really. So it wasn't wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And they actually got me there before they um, to say, hey, look, here's what we're thinking of doing. How do you think that would play out if we were to look at resale long down the road? And we had a really go- good long discussion and, um, you know, throwing back, you know, things from Pinterest and images, et cetera. Uh, and then when I asked how they're going, they said, oh, look, we've decided to hold off for, you know, at least 12 months just while we live in the house. Because we thought, we, we thought about what you said and thought, okay, it's actually a very different experience than what we thought we'd want. So now like all their expectations and what they want to do have started to change because now they're actually living in the house. All of a sudden what they thought they would have done by ripping that down and putting that there, like, now that would have been a terrible idea. wouldn't have worked at all. Yeah,
2: so, well, I guess that was my fear uh, leading straight into – ...walking and being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to rip that out... ...put these things
0: in and it luckily... San- <laughs> it sounds like you got lucky, John Sane. Yeah, no, well, that's what I kind of <laughs> John mean. Sane, I mean,
2: Aaron, you really rolled the well, dice on that. Well, no, well, I was well, kind of petrified the day before. <laughs> I was just mentioned before,
1: so, yeah. Well, it's, it's sort of, again, though, someone... So, some, ...some plans are much easier to work with than others... ...that you can just very quickly see the difference... ...in the, what you're uh, trying to achieve. And I think what your story was most important... ...is that what I want, I want a feeling where uh, Sarah and Jack are playing... And I'm in the kitchen and I can see and experience it. Yep. That's what I want. Yeah, you know? that's the, that, so the that end goal. And so that clear sense. Sometimes people go, I want an open plan. Why? You know, like what What are you trying to achieve out of it? But I think I trying to match a story like that is perfect. I
0: really like your theory, Aaron, but by the time they get to, you know, five, six, seven, you'll wish those balls were there you can hide. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. oh, <my> God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that bungalow that, that you're working yeah, on yeah, is going to yeah. become very valuable for you later down
2: the track. I'll keep that in mind.
0: <laughs> it was a terrible decision, Sarah. <laughs>
2: Just sticking with um, renovation stories here, it looks like uh, one of the most viewed properties in all of Tasmania uh, in recent weeks was just a fixer-upper kind of in, looks like Fletcher Avenue. You're talking about a 1940s, 1950s build. This was a Mm -hmm. 1964 home. Looking at the photos, it looks really tidy. looks like it's just kind of one of those unassuming properties that you kind of would just think, you know, it'll get a little bit of interest, but it must have just been priced in a, a really good spot um Moon I guess is sought after in um in that its location's
0: really oh, nice and yeah. it was it went to market, it offers over four oh five and for Moona, that's incredibly
1: cheap. Yeah, absolutely. Well the median Moona's is now close to four fifty, what's five getting close to five hundred. Yeah, so. so for a property mm. the price mm.
0: <clears throat> it's a very low price. So it's mm. going to always
2: go. Gangbusters. So that's kind of because it's got kind of a few things that need to fix up, it's kind of not meeting the regular market trends of being like a modern kitchen or something in it, it yeah, kind I think, of probably um, sits well, a bit
0: lower. I think the way John and I, and correct me if I'm wrong, John, but what we would normally do in pricing is we figure out what the median is and then we, we look at a lot of homes we get a feeling of what the average place looks mm, like. Mm. So therefore the average price place should achieve X. Um, but then there's always homes that – don't meet the average maybe they've got a rundown part of the property or something's just not right with it or there's a structural issue so then that'll adjust the price down or uh, maybe it's been fully renovated and it's not a 1950s home anymore and it's a really modern place so therefore it's better than the median price Mm. so the median sort of starts our expectation and then we grow from there depending on what the property is don't we
1: well it's we actually at the moment there's Correspondents going out into our local industry from the Property Agents Board with concerns about underquoting at the moment. When underquoting is specifically when it's advertised way below what the owner's expectations would be in order just to bring people in. So I,
2: I saw that article um, come through into our e- emails yesterday, and I was like, oh, we've already got this great show planned. Yeah. Um, perhaps that's something we could address just moving forward, just because it's a. A pretty interesting idea in such a hot market. Absolutely.
1: Um, And I think at the end I suppose if we just park that thought in many ways because it is – when it like when you like as you said when we had four hundred thousand dollars for a house and moon we like seemed cheap we like okay <laughs> it seemed uh, real cheap so so the idea that it went you know twenty percent above the asking price um, yeah so is, I
2: think just the stats here are saying uh, the home was sold for four eighty six thousand yeah. so 11, yeah. o-
0: 11 offers on the property but that's not unusual a lot of properties get multiple offers mm. yep. and but the,
1: yeah but yeah yeah obviously you know in up with markets it's hard to know where the end game is going to be. Um, Sometimes, though, with properties where there may be a stretch of, you know, 20% above the asking price in an area like Moona, that can be concerning. And you could really understand why consumers are like, why the hell was it even priced at that point anyway? Uh, I think, though, hiking back to the article, where Moona transformed was that in order the next suburb over, which is Newtown, which is considered you know an affluent area in that sense, uh, very sought after, um, is that you can buy the same house in you, you were able to and still can buy, buy the same house in Moona as opposed to Newtown for like twenty percent less than the hour, less less price, and you save about three to five minutes worth of drive time. So what happened with you know Moona and Lutana is in the, those first suburbs closest from the Hobart um, municipality. Yep. Is it all of a sudden became exceptionally trendy? So I Moona's mean, got the commercial aspect. It's got that urban aspect. It's got a whole other um, ways that it's transforming. So oh. bringing back also too, where you've got this retro design, which um, is starting to become exceptionally popular. You know those triangle brown dresses and stuff like that are all exceptionally. Um, you know that's the that's the <laughs> current. Activity. I don't know what
2: the. Triangle brown. No, no, I was thinking of that rattan kind of stuff that's coming back at um, <laughs> up, But
1: yeah, triangle yeah, yeah. brown. That's <laughs> <brown. laughs> what happened to my head. It's because legitimately a house we sold in Maple Avenue, which would have been identical to this Fletcher one. Yep. Um, it was filled with like a 1950s 60s furniture. Like it's like it hadn't been touched throughout history. It was like a museum piece. Yeah, yeah. It was remarkable. Um, but when we sold that, it was just before like our generation specifically. Like that's become our antique in some ways. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see that. So it's like, but that was before it was. So no one was like, eh, no one wanted it. it that's real-
2: a um, that's a really interesting kind of statement you've made, John, because we've actually got another Nino article coming through later this week about Moona and its uh, rise in kind of trendiness mm-hmm. and just how, you know, you don't have to go to the North Hobart Strip anymore to get really good food. Just the Moona Strip yeah. is becoming a new place to um, kind of to eat and and, well, and go out. You don't have to go into the city anymore to do that. Will
1: so, will people coming into Moona for coffee specifically from both sides of the aisle? Yeah, I don't know who does that. Yeah, not <laughs> us. <laughs> not us. Multiple
0: times a day. <laughs> yeah. As he has a sip, <laughs> shake a leg. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a plug in.
2: <laughs> no, so that's a really good. It's uh, a really good point to uh, to probably finish on today, John. So yeah, we will. Uh, we'll link that article into the show notes for this one. Um, Really enjoyed having a well-researched show. That
0: was oh, I'm feeling slightly uh, guilty because Nino's done three articles and we've covered one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we 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 crossed off two there. That was that was all right.
0: It's all good. It just means he's got less work to do this
2: week uh, because we've already got some other stuff to talk about next week.
1: Beautiful, cool, awesome.
2: So good to have you guys back. I've done pretty well with the buttons today. It's flowing a bit more
0: naturally now? Yeah, it's probably
2: easier with three rather than four, (laughs) but we'll just see what happens in the future.
0: (laughs) Awesome. All right. for a good show, guys. All right. See ya. See ya.
2: Bye.